Hey, I know we don't normally do this, but can I can I open up to you guys? Um, Wait, you don't normally open up? I, well, I'm just. If, oh, you mean part of the, the show? show and oh, I, just, I, to, this I guess I just so. need to get off my chest. Yeah, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. I had a really weird dream last night. About hmm. what? Well, I was outside, and uh, all, all the leaves were were brown. Wait, 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 wait. And the sky was gray. Yeah, I think I had the same dream. Were you, were you guys going on a walk like in the middle of winter, like winter's day? Yeah. Oh, you were going on a walk on a winter's day. Yeah, yeah. And and then the weirdest thing, because I, I just I was flooded with these feelings, like I should be in Los Angeles, like I would be safe, and, and I would be warm, warm if you were in L.A. My hat literally just fell off my head. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> California dreaming. Jeez. That's weird. So what do you guys want to talk about? Welcome to Nerds on History. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. And I am Eric Brickmont. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2015. Yes, indeed. And what a year it's been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. It has been a year. <laughs> oh, been... A whole one, indeed. All 365 days of it. With Hot the... damn! <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be an Eric Brickmont appearance if there wasn't a dry pun <laughs> uh, to be there. So, And you're first of many to come in 2015. Oh, yes, indeed. So I, uh, let's catch our audience up. Uh, how is everyone's holidays? It was good. It was good. I had a very pleasant time. Uh, I've filmed probably the funniest kid opening a present reaction video. Uh, it was pretty uh, awesome that I've ever done. That Barbie Dreamhouse, huge hit. Sophia was tearing that thing up. It was like a tiger. It was like a tiger pouncing on prey. Is yes. what it looked like. Yes, and the screams and the oh my gods. There was probably about forty-seven oh my gods that were thrown. Yes, there. and it was it was a lot of fun. And baby, of course, her first Christmas, which was delightful. Yeah, and of course Martha's pregnant. Wait, 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 he just dropped that in there. Boom. I, dro- I dropped the mic and walked away. <laughs> We're just like, oh, yeah, wait, 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 what? Well, you all, you've all known for several months, and we've, we've yeah. alluded to it on the podcast. It's just we've been so caught up with everything that's going on. I don't think we formally announced it, but yes, Martha and I are expecting again. A fourth little girl. Yes, that's right. Another girl, because that's all I make. <laughs> and it's the guys, you know, that decide that. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Yeah, the you're, men determine the sex. You're just meant to be surrounded by beautiful women. It's kind of like my harem, but like an ancient Egyptian harem where it was really just your family that was hanging around. Not 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 one of okay, the Okay, I was like, that's really harem. creepy. That, yes. no, 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 From the ancient Egyptian historical standpoint. Yeah. Ooh, it's been a while since we talked about Egypt. Well, you know, it's really sad, though, because this is going to be your last child, correct? You're not going to have oh, any more after oh. this. Definitely. <laughs> see, that, see, that makes me sad, because if you have one more, you can start a superhero team. Or a, a women's basketball team. Or a women's basketball team. Or sure. one of many other things that requires five people you to be You have enough to start a band. That's true. To start a band. I, I smell really... a sitcom. <laughs> oh, God, no. The Brickmont family. <laughs> <laughs> the Brickmont clan. Yeah. Actually, it's my, it's my brood of Brickmonts is what I'm referring to it as. There we right. go. <clears throat> but yeah, I had a wonderful holiday. And I do have to share something quickly, though. I wanted to save it because we were having dinner before, but I wanted to save it for when we were recording to get genuine reaction out of you. 
I had an amazing experience today, and I have to share it with the world because it was bizarre. I was at work, and I walked by a box of chocolates, as as one at work often does. They were Belgian chocolates. Mm-hmm. Yes, Belgian ancestry. Did you know what you right? were going to get? No. Okay. Here's the amazing thing. I opened it up. I saw a piece of white chocolate. I'm like, oh, I thoroughly enjoy white chocolate. So here it is. Belgian. Yes, connection. White chocolate. Yes, I enjoy. I picked it up. It was engraved with Egyptian hieroglyphs. What? I have a picture. I am showing it to my fellow nerds, and I will post it on our Facebook page when this goes live. That's so weird. What? It was like it was meant for me. And it was the only piece in the box that looked like this. Huh. Belgian chocolates, my favorite chocolate, which is actually not chocolate, but that's why I like it, because I don't really like chocolate. And... Egyptian hieroglyphs. Yeah, well, white chocolate legally isn't chocolate because yeah. it doesn't have any cocoa salads in it. Right, legally. It's cocoa butter, in, but in not fact, cocoa salads. In fact, one could take it to court and win because legally it isn't. Well, I mean, by legal, I mean the FDA yeah. doesn't classify it right. as chocolate. Yeah. But isn't that weird? That is weird. That is so <clears throat> weird. Is that an owl? That's an owl. Which Where did is, this box, was this at work? Or? It was at work. It was just sitting on the table at work <laughs> in the communal, everything that's on this table, you're allowed to eat area and it's the only one that was white chocolate with egyptian hieroglyphs okay so if eric gets sick in a couple of days we know why Mm-hmm. You know, you're the chocolate. fifth person Somebody to tell me that. Somebody said that out and was intending to poison him because they knew How he couldn't resist. How many people want to poison me? You're like the fifth person who, who made that connection. Nobody, Eric. Nobody. Nobody. No one No one has meetings to discuss these things. And <laughs> who, nobody who who in this room that? happens to work <laughs> with you at your place of employment and would know Brian. exactly how to kill you. Brian. There was avocado in it, wasn't there? It's just—it's absurd that you would have these thoughts. What, like, why, 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 why would you think that? I don't know. All right, folks. You know what? I'm done bogarting this segment. Brian, how was your how was your holiday? Uh, My holiday was really great. Was really really great. Uh, For those who don't remember, my mom's birthday is on Christmas Eve, so we uh, we went and saw a show up in San Francisco. Uh, we went and had dinner at the wharf. It was fantastic. You can see the water on sunset. It was really, really nice. Caught a late night mass. <clears throat> Nine o'clock one is ideal because it's like the priest has already been through two that day. He's like, I got one more. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> you know, it was like the 45 minute version of Christmas mass. He got a second wind. Exactly. And then you might, you might say he was, he was resurrected in, in a way. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Shut and up. then... <laughs> And then Christmas morning, we, you know, we just opened, we did the gifts and then we went to my aunt's house. It was really just, it was very low key. Same thing with New Year's too. We got over a bunch of people at the house and then just, you know, drank and played board games. So there you go. Which is what you should do on New Year's Eve. You should. That sounds like a great holiday. Yeah. Sarah. Uh, my dad was in town and my mom was in town. So I had two Christmases, um, open presents Christmas morning with my dad, then had Christmas dinner with my mom. So that was pretty fun. Day after Christmas, did double feature movies at uh, at the movie theater. Nice. Uh, What'd you see? Well, I'll discuss it more on Nerds on Film, but I saw Big Eyes and Into the Woods. Hmm. Um, Are they both wolf films? Because they both kind of have a Red Riding Hood kind of connection. One is. One is de- one has a wolf. The other one has a wolf of a man, but not actually a wolf. Anyway. Hmm. Um, a wolf of a man? Yeah, Christoph Waltz, man. He's a f- beast. Oh, okay. And his character's That's terrible. One. Oh. That's one. Whoopsies. <laughs> 
This is why I need to just talk about this stuff on Nerds on Film. <laughs> so tune into that if you want more of my full review. Um, as well as more profanity. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then New Year's, um, Roxy and I, my, my co-host on uh, Nerds on Film, uh, we went out to a piano bar and had a rockin' good time in a 20s theme setting. and it was. Did you belt out show tunes? Uh, there, no, it wasn't show tunes. That's, it's not that kind of piano bar. It's like the dueling pianos where you pay to like get your songs played. Oh, got it. Yeah. So are there two pianos? There's two pianos. And they they combat one another? Not, uh, some are more competitive than, but weren't so much in this one. Mm. Like Mm. these, these guys more like play along with each other and then just kind of take turns and stuff. But I imagine a piano duel would be difficult considering the weight. Yes, Eric. I understand what you were getting at. I was trying to just get past it. <laughs> you knocked my fez off again. Well, piano jousting—that would be yes. interesting. You know, take some bobby pins and you can affix it to your yeah. hair, and it won't go anywhere. I'm working on it. I'm okay. still—it's still new, right? Yeah, yes. I'm wearing a fez. Uh, yes, Eric is wearing a Doctor Who fez. Right. It was my Christmas gift to him, and like a, a Street Fighter esque head ribbon. Because that was not uh, my Christmas gift to him. No, no. Well, this is how I choose to honor. Or to excuse me, to honor. My Irish ancestry. So just it's not Irish. Stop saying it, that. It is oh not at all, and that's okay. Let's just wrap this up and get into the topic. Shall Wait, we do we? have a, we, we have a history podcast. We do right. Yeah, we do. We we do. We're trying to get to it. Hey, let's <clears throat> talk about the California Gold Rush. Yay! Fancy Yay. that. I wonder why we made that cold open the way we did. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, good old January 24th of 1848 is a pretty memorable moment. And considering we're in the month of January, there's a logical tie-in. There's a reason why we're doing this podcast when we're doing this podcast. I think we're doing it right now just because we wanted to talk about it at some point. (laughs) Oh. Well, gold was also discovered in Coloma in January 24th, 1848. And, And who discovered the gold? Well, it was discovered at Sutter's Mill. And uh, a rather Sutter isn't like the wine. No, Brian. <laughs> Brian, it's not funny when you do it. Oh, shut up! <laughs> That's a joke. It's very funny. Sutter Home is a good wine. No, it's no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's, no, it's not. not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and this coming from you? <laughs> no, it's not. What are, your I parents? I was just trying to be defensive, and I just oh, it, it if, failed if, if your mother knew what you just said, she would be very upset. Uh huh. Anyway, so uh, James Wilson Marshall. Is the guy who actually discovered it. He was an employee with Sutter at Sutter's Mill. Um, and uh, he discovered golds in the American River, which is um, a little bit northeast of Sacramento. Yeah. And what would follow from that one fateful occurrence would literally change California forever. Yes. Yeah. It, was yeah. the, it was the pivotal moment that brought the California that we all know and love one of the largest economies in the world today, fifth largest economy. Not everybody loves California. <laughs> well, there are very few who who who, who don't. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of people who don't like California. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't like Californians. Sure, but okay. maybe like California. Okay, yeah. all right, that's yeah. fair. So I mean, I think that's pretty fair. But let's we we just Tarantino the audience a little bit. So now we know what the inciting incident is. But let's paint a picture for our audience of what California was like prior to this fateful day at Sutter's Mill? Uh, Let's see. It was still owned by the Mexicans. Yes. Uh, We were in the midst of a war with them where Americans were basically slowly invading and Mexicans were like, hey, wait a minute. This is still our property. Right. And the U.S. government had set their 
eyes on Alta California for for a while. I mean, yeah. the, the thing to know is that the California that we know of is only a portion of Alta California. Right. right. We talked right. about this in the Mexico, Mexico episodes. Exactly. New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, we're all part of Nevada, Alta. Nevada, of course. Nevada as well, yes. We're all part of Alta California. And this one portion of it was a neglected province <laughs> uh, yes. in the Mexican government. It was much. considered basically a land full of sleepy missions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that was it. And um, although really terrible, uh, they were like, and they were enslaving Native Americans during this time too, right yeah. before. Oh, the Which Spanish was a had trend been doing that was for quite a while exactly. before yeah. Mexico ever, you know, existed, before yeah. it gained its independence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the irony of this is that the Mexicans... And the Indians had discovered gold there in the 1830s yeah. in the Sierra Nevada hills. But they thought nothing of it because Mexico already had a ton of gold to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So really, well, really just funny. It, that just it made sense to ignore it. I mean, the mineral-rich <clears throat> gold deposits in Mexico were easier to, to mine and take advantage of. So you, you more or less kind of keep it on the down lows because you don't sure. want anyone else to get word of it. So they didn't make a big deal out of it. Right. It would have been more difficult to defend if they had started mining it earlier the gold rush would have happened perhaps a lot sooner if mm-hmm. mexico had made it more well, the spanish i should say had made it more public yeah. right and during this period of time the reason why we even get involved other than yes we have a political interest so there's the the Manif- foundings of what would be the america mexican american war and manifest destiny we and manifest have destiny. wanted to reach all of this part of the coast from coast to coast but more importantly than that um a trading post was established in northern california uh, and it was for people who were both immigrants from <clears throat> the United States, from the East Coast, people from Canada, Imperial Russia. We have to remember Russia is is still connected by land to the United States far enough down. So I can see it from my backyard, in fact. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Palin. Um, so there was already a lot of multicultural commu- uh, influence going on. Mm-hmm. And this one little trading post, we know of it today, of course, as what would become San Francisco. Yeah. Right. Uh, but at this point, it was this little town of Yerba Buena, uh, or not even Yerba Buena. That was its early, early name. But like this was just its, it was called San Francisco, but it was a small town. It was like 500 people, I think, at the I most. I think I saw at one point, um, they were calling it Benicia, which Benicia ended up becoming its own city, a separate correct. separate right. city near San Francisco, right. but not San Francisco. <clears throat> that's, yeah, that that's correct. So, uh, so we really just have this tiny little, virtually insignificant town uh and yet on this one day like you were saying we they they discovered a speck of dust a speck of gold yeah i mean that, that's all it really took to to get things going you know sutter's mill is interesting because they you know john sutter owned forty thousand acres of land mm-hmm. an absolutely immense area and his plan was to more or less cut down the majority of trees that were on there and, and sell the lumber and, and make his fortune that way and of course in order to power the mill you had to do it with water so it makes sense that the American River, yeah. which was nearby, would be the most logical source. Didn't he? He also had this idea of kind of setting up his own kind of real estate empire there. Um, and he, I think he named it, like, was it, it was like Nueva, I'm going to say Helvetica, but that's the font. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. I forgot new the name. New Helvetica. <laughs> but it's, it was the name of, of New Switzerland. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was actually... Actually, Helvetica wouldn't have been far off because Helvetica is a Swiss word. 
Maybe so, that was actually it then. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm, listeners, if you, uh, if I'm you like are not, Swiss, I'm like know. not looking that up right now because the internet connection is super duper slow right now. But so you can now tell your friends when someone says Helvetica, you can say the font or the town. <laughs> right. <laughs> double check hey. that. D- double check. Don't take my word for it. Um, but he actually did. He was trying to establish like a whole other kind of empire up here. Right. Not the first time that somebody's tried to establish their own sort of republic in California. Um. <laughs> no, no, in fact, actually, uh, just a couple of years prior to that, a group of Mexican militants had tried to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And for three weeks, folks, three weeks, we had the California Republic. Yes, the California Republic, the Bear Republic. Yes. The Bear Republic. So, yeah, and it makes sense. So uh, California was a land of opportunity, and it speaks to a little bit of the mythical nature of California, because yeah. people forget where California got its name from. California was a mythical island. Uh, where there is a queen named Khalifa who had a whole tribe of black Amazons. Uh, and when the Spanish were originally settling in California, they, they had mistakenly thought that California was an island. It obviously, is not. It's because they had approached it on the southern tip of California. Where mm. there's were, a, yeah. were Baha'is, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and right. they had thought, oh, this is the island, and not realizing that further down the coast they connected. It goes on for a little while longer. <laughs> it goes on for <laughs> yeah, a bit. Just a little bit. Um, but so... But it was always this land of opportunity. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing about John Setter. He was kind of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And Tell us why, Eric. Tell us the why. Title. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Sutter is he was kind of an idiot. <laughs> here's the person who literally has the biggest opportunity anyone had ever seen in this part of America, pre-America, territories, whatever you want to call it. Well, it was America, but pre, pre-American California, basically. Right. Yeah. As... You're just thrown into his lap, and he completely and totally misunderstands how to take advantage of it. He, the, the gold part? Yeah. Well, he wanted to keep it quiet first because he was... I think they were also still waiting on the like on treaties to be signed and whatnot, but... James Marshall wanted to keep it quiet. Okay. He realized the potential of, of what could be going on in the bill if they, if they played their cards right and mm-hmm. they exploited the river. Uh, it was Sutter who started shooting it off his mouth a bit. And that's when the word started yeah. to get out that there was gold found. And before he knew it, just a few short months his later. His awful neighbor, Sam Brannon, who is a money-grubbing shopkeeper, uh-huh. decided to go take a jar of gold and go shaking it through the sh- streets of San Francisco going, there's gold, gold in our hills, gold. basically. <laughs> yes, in fact, that is where the famous saying comes from. And well, I mean, his, his exact words were, <clears throat> gold, gold. Gold! Gold from the American River! So that's... I don't know if that's actually true if he said that. I know that was the article headline. Well, supposedly he had in. run through the streets of San Francisco okay. with a vial of gold, yes. screaming it at the top of his yes. lungs. And, that and later published it in his own no, paper. <laughs> <laughs> but here's why. Painted in gold, in fact. <laughs> because this guy decided when he announced it... He was already buying up most of the mining equipment that was available in California so he could then sell it at a higher price when all the miners decided to show up. And my God, did he make a fortune. Oh, my God. It worked so well. Because Samuel Brennan is one of history's uh, first class assholes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By far. Uh, and in 1840, we call him entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes, Brian, use the correct terminology. <laughs> it, by 1849, he was producing uh, about 150,000 1840s dollars a month. That's impressive by today's standards. That's if you're looking huge. at it face value. Yeah. 
but it's really more like a million dollars a month, basically. It breaks down to something like I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's a ridiculous, it's ridiculous amount of money. He was charging each fifteen. Month. He was paying I think twenty cents for a gold pan mm-hmm. and charging fifteen dollars oh for it. Yeah, and fifteen dollars in eighteen forty eight. That's a lot. Money. Yeah, and, and what did Sutter end up doing? Well, of those forty thousand acres that he started with, uh, he ended his time at Sutter's Mill with only six hundred left. He ended yeah. up selling off plots of land to prospectors who had invaded this territory more or less just overrun it and you know this is completely lawless territory it was a lawless time. lawless time and people could go basically and be like dibs and stake their claim this yeah. is where this this term comes from they went and just like hey this spot's mine i'm mining here and as long as you were working that land you could use it and um the second it let you le- the second you took your foot off of it somebody else could go and swoop yeah, yeah. and of course there were the political implications mm-hmm. of this too right because yes you have all these people who are now trying to migrate to the states but sh- only two weeks after the discovery uh the United States and Mexico reach a treaty, the Treaty of Guadalupe, which pretty much seals that this part of land becomes the property of the United States. Guadalupe Hidalgo. Exactly. Thanks mm-hmm. to Guadalupe Hidalgo. Yeah. On good old February 2nd, 1848. Yeah. yeah. Just nine days after gold was discovered, then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is America's land. Exactly. The part that happens to conveniently have gold. But here's gold. the thing. Nobody <laughs> knew about the gold at that time. Uh, it was true. purely coincidental. Well, they yeah. were in negotiations, but but it was signed. It was When someone heard that there was gold, you could pretty no, much... No, the word had not gotten that far sure? out. I'm positive. That's Only just really nine odd days timing, had then. passed. It is. It's purely coincidental. And convenient. Extremely. And convenient for the United States, yes. Yeah. Now, that would be really funny if Mexico came back like six months later and gone, um... You know, <laughs> you know that part where we said you could have all of this? Can we just have just a little bit here in these mountains <clears throat> here? Just a little bit. Can you? I just, I'd love to see the, the, uh, the conversation between the aide and the president of Mexico and said, did the, uh, did the treaty go through? Yes, Mr. President. Yes. Good. It's a shame. But, but why? <laughs> well, did you hear what they found near San Francisco? No, I didn't hear. But, 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 but what did they find? Gold. Lots and lots of gold. Okay. 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 And let's not say like, okay, just, just for those of you geographically, um, San Francisco and Sacramento aren't like that close. They're definitely closer than like San Francisco and LA, but Sacramento, you know, whereabouts where gold was first discovered is about three hours away from the or three hour drive from San Francisco yeah. now. A drive, exactly. Yeah. On on beautifully. Yeah. It would have probably taken a couple of days at this point in time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was taking time. And and where predominantly a lot of um the gold mining ended up happening was all along the um Sierra Nevada Mountains. Correct. And those we're talking are more inland than anything. Um Tahoe area, Mammoth, if any of you are familiar with California, and we're kind of talking like on the eastern Sierras right. is where you find Nevada. <laughs> Up in like the Mariposa County, Sequoia County areas. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where you find a lot of America's or a lot of uh, California's redwood forests and what have you. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's so funny you, you mentioned that because I have a friend who has friends that she met back in Europe years ago when she was going to school and they come out every couple of years yeah and they're like okay uh we're here for a week so we're gonna go to la and then we're gonna go to death valley and then we're gonna go to yosemite and then we're gonna it's go like, to Mount shasta <laughs> and, and, and my, my friend's like okay you can do one of those things yeah it's maybe <laughs> it's one of those things i i know from from my travels um to europe it's 
everything there is so close. <laughs> everything yeah. is so close there. And so it'll be like, I'll talk to them and be like, oh, yeah, I'm from the States. I'm from San Francisco. And they're like asking me how like uh, how, how, how often is. I go to Vegas or yeah. how often I go to LA and like uh -huh. just because like it's all right next door and I'm like that no, no. yeah and it takes a while <laughs> it does take a long time and the thing is that it's also California is so badly represented in movies too because it looks like everything is so close like you say it's mm -hmm. like oh you're at the Golden Gate one minute oh and then you're at the Hollywood Hills the next minute and it, it's no not at all. And I remember the movie uh, the internship the one about the guys trying to get a job at Google oh yeah they're like let's go to San Francisco so folks Google's campus is in Mountain View. Yeah, which is about thirty miles from San Francisco. <laughs> not that, not that not that far. Bad, but, but traffic is terrible. <laughs> exactly, and like they make it look like they get there in five minutes. Yeah, from, yeah. from the Google campus, and like that is so not. No, true. I guarantee you that took them an hour. Yeah, <laughs> actually, at well, least no. Nah, if they took two eighty, it was probably only going to take them forty five minutes. Actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All of Sorry. our California listeners are like totally getting these jokes. Yeah. Everyone else is like, what? What is just two, as long two, as they didn't take one hundred one two eighty is always better than 101. You're like, they See, took 280 what? Lives? <laughs> <laughs> I Freeways. I can't possibly imagine why there are people in the world who do not like Californians. I don't know. I, just, I can't. It's because we're, some of us are awfully pretentious and kind of smug. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. there's that. <laughs> Anywho. But anyway. Jumping back in time. Um. Yeah, so, once people got word that there was gold to be had... People started flocking here. Yeah. Um, by the end of the gold rush, and the gold rush, gold rush officially ends somewhere around 1855, we were looking at 300,000 people that came from all over the world. Twelve countries, in fact. Yeah. It's Most of the major ridiculous. port cities of Europe, Australia, and China mm -hmm. would see a huge influx of folks. Yeah sailing out more than half of the people who actually ended up in california yeah. ended up by boat uh and that's abundantly obvious if you see some pictures from the 1850s of san francisco harbor because many of these ships not only did the the passengers on board abandon ship but the crew and captains yeah. jumped ship to go and find their gold <laughs> they because all, they all decided they wanted driving it in the, on the ship section. it's just floating along no, yeah. they left it they left it abandoned in the harbor it's... there's a there's a famous picture mm -hmm. and i think it's called like the bay of masts or something like that and there are literally 500 abandoned ships in right. san francisco yeah. bay and many of those interestingly enough uh are still well not many about 30 or 40 they estimate are still there uh, because, you know, much of San Francisco is landfill. There mm -hmm. wasn't a whole lot of room to build. So as San Francisco began to explode in its population, they literally were just filling in garbage yeah. and dirt and out into the bay to build on top of. Yeah, they wrecked ships and used it as extra landfill for space. Yeah. And they were also repurposing cabins and everything like that. Like People were living on the abandoned ships because that was the only yeah. room to rent. San Francisco was a shanty town in its, in its early days because Folks. when this started happening... There were only like 200 people living in, in San Francisco at the time. Yeah, and it was then, like 500 or so. And yeah. then as it started to build up, they just were making makeshift homes and yeah. tents and taking cabins off and, and building things from yeah. ships. Well, I mean, in two years alone, it went from 500 to 20,000. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, somewhere between 20 and 30,000 mm -hmm. by the end of, of uh, what was it, 1950? 1850. Or sorry, 1853, I believe it yeah, was. Yeah, and then by 1870... The San Francisco is population of San Francisco is one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, so, six story and tall it just brick keeps buildings. Growing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, this sounds like a hipster's dream, by the way, living on a ship because there's no other place to go. Right? That's where the cool people go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And 
and and and but these were also people coming from the east coast like a lot of people from over the land were yeah. they weren't necessarily coming over land they were actually taking ships down Thank to you. panama and then riding mules to get to the west side of panama so they can go back up right because this is of course is before the canal was was built mm-hmm. uh but let's also not forget too yes that was the short way but there was also yeah. a chance of getting cholera and malaria mm-hmm. through that path <laughs> The other way is you could go the six-month route, the scenic route, and go along the bottom tip of South America. Yes. Oh, because that works out so well for so many people. <laughs> I know. But people did do it, though. A lot of people my, did my it. My great-great-grandfather did it, in fact. There you go. He did. He came a little post-Gold Rush. He, he arrived in San Francisco Bay in 1860. So by the time he was there, San Francisco was already a bustling you know, urban community. But uh, he went around Cape Horn and very nearly died around Cape Horn because it is some of the most treacherous waters in the world. Yeah. Uh, It it so affected him that when he got there, he's like, screw this. This place looks lovely. I'll stay here. And did not go back home. (laughs) Now we know where your fear of boats comes from. It's genetic. (laughs) Oh Oh my God. I never thought about genetic memory. That's a thing in science fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing in science fiction. (laughs) Um, Uh. The other way that people could get to California, though, was, of course, um, going across land and taking the California Trail. Um, In that first year, you know, mm -hmm. once word had gotten out, because James Polk, who was was president at the time, uh, made in his yearly address to Congress, essentially told the entire country... Yes, gold had been found. The proof was in an oyster tin that had been sent to him full of gold nuggets and and gold dust. Yeah. Uh, And that address got the East Coast all sorts of stirred up. And, you know, that that first summer, people started, you know, pondering, okay, well, are we going to be able to make this trip? And they said, well, no, okay, we can't. So we're going to wait until 49, in spring of 49, and make our way out. And thousands upon thousands of wagon trains started leaving from from middle and east coast america and it was awful it was an awful awful trip to take yeah it was oh my horrible. god it sucked so hard you so many people got <laughs> <You> dysentery <laughs> like <laughs> yes dysentery definitely as we've all played the oregon trail game we know that happens oh yes cholera cholera um getting ransacked by natives yep, absolutely yep. happened um, um and bandits just, in general yeah bandits in general and weather yeah. yeah, well, not just weather too, but People respiratory got... problems from all the dust being kicked yeah. up in your because and yeah. traffic. Yes, there were actual traffic jams in these huge wagon trains because you got across a river. You know, it was a huge production getting across that river. It would take sometimes days. These wagon mm-hmm. trains would be held up, and you were literally just standing there, right. vulnerable to the elements and to yeah. whatever other dangers were around you. Yes, yes, you were saying. I was just saying the Donner Party. The Donner I mean, Party, yes. I mean, this is what happens if you time a little bit, your your timing's a little bit off on when you decide to leave. Yeah. And then you wind up stuck in the Sierras in snow and you have to eat people to survive. <laughs> like, to be fair, there are people who had already passed yes. from hypothermia, which doesn't really make it all that much better, but at least they weren't being murdered for their for yeah. food. Yeah, but that's still like not an awesome situation. No. So um, extremely dangerous, but all these people who were coming out in 1849 they were called 49ers, and that is where we get the term for the San Francisco 49ers, the football team. So there you go. Whose mascot is a miner? Yep. Yes, indeed. Makes sense. With it pick all... Definitely big mining. Uh, can't be more than like 16 pickaxe. years old. Pickaxe. Pickaxe, yes. yes. <laughs> um, you guys totally missed my joke. What was your what joke? Was your I said, joke? Oh, yeah, definitely a miner. Can't be more than like 16 years old. boom Even though he looks like he's 67. Um... <laughs> You know, here's the really sad part, though, because as word gets out and there's all these people making this horribly dangerous journey 
and many of which losing their lives in the process, everyone who was already here in California, you know, the Californios and the rancheros who are, who are working the land, uh, people who had just stuck around or had been moving down from the Oregon territories, they got first pick and literally first pick. I mean, yeah. a lot of that gold that was first found was surface gold. It was being washed down from the from the mountains, right, in the in the water, and it was to the point where if you had a spoon, just a simple spoon, that's all you needed to make your fortune. In that first summer of 1848, uh, there are reports of people, you know, earning what is the equivalent of hundreds of millions of dollars in just a couple of days' work. Uh, probably one of the funniest stories to come out of it uh, is reported by a a uh, Chilean who had brought a, a whole team of people. To, to work this land and make as much gold as possible. And he reports in those first few days that he ran into a man who dug up 52 pounds of gold in eight days. It's just ridiculous. Just I mean, people were practically tripping over it is yeah. what, what it was. And that first summer, of course, there was this huge bonanza and people got there mm -hmm. quickly and they worked for a couple of days. They made a huge amount of money and they did very well for themselves. The problem was they took all the easy pickings. Yeah. And so by the time everybody else had finally made their way out in 49, all the easy stuff was gone. And this dream that you could just walk into California and treat yourself like a king was gone. Yes. As some people called it, it was the El Dorado of the West. Remember, gold up to this point in history had been capitalized primarily by kings and other wealthy authorities, right? So you didn't find situations where the common man could literally go and get piles of gold and become rich. That just didn't really happen. And so for something like this to go on, it was so profound. It's not a surprise that 300,000 people made their way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't more. Sure. I mean, many more would have if they had survived the trip. Exactly. And yeah. not everybody was out there to make their riches from gold, but some people were out there to make their riches from gold miners. Oh, I am so happy you brought that up. <laughs> there was basically the reason why San Francisco boomed so much is not because there was gold to be had in San Francisco, but because it was a port town and there were places for supplies to come in and for people to sell supplies. Uh, miners needed boarding, you know, they there was all this all this stuff that you needed to survive out there. Go ahead, Eric. You're very excited. So uh, those of you who remember our two-parter we did on the history of telescopes uh, will remember a little bit of this, and that is California's very first millionaire, the man who, who made all that money, James Lick, the man who would later build the famous Lick Observatory mm -hmm. uh, here in San Jose. He didn't make his money with gold during the gold rush. He made his money with property. There you go. He was the wealthiest land baron in California. And just like California essentially became part of America by coincidence right around this time, he also arrived in San Francisco by coincidence. Uh, you know, he was born out on the East Coast. He tried to make his, his fortune many different ways, including uh, building fine pianos in, in Peru and his travels in South America. And while he was there, he saw the Mexican-American War heating up and decided to leave. So he bought uh, 600 pounds of chocolate from his buddy uh, Garadelli, who he later convinced to move to San Francisco. He brought the chocolate with him to San Francisco Bay uh, just a, a few short weeks before gold had been discovered in, uh, in, in California and sold the 600 pounds of chocolate very quickly, made a, a substantial amount of money doing that, uh, and then used that money to buy a property in San Francisco uh, Ghirardelli Square. Amounts. Yes. Well, I don't know if you bought Ghirardelli Square. But, but it's there now. It, is, it sure <laughs> it's is. It's currently there now. Uh, but he was able to 
produce huge amounts of money just just by selling off properties yeah just by plots of land and then later homes that were constructed on them and there's somebody else who also got their famous start around this time and that is the inventor of the blue jeans levi strauss yes indeed who is a Mm. german-american immigrant and he he basically decided to repurpose denim to make structured pants that miners could wear that wouldn't get torn up easily or whatever that they that would take a could take a beating basically yes how do you do my name is levi levi strauss <laughs> yes, how do you, yes nice to meet you what do you do for a living i make pants <laughs> <laughs> but not just in the pants overalls. very very nice <laughs> overalls <yeah. laughs> i see your clothes are a bit tattered would you like a pair of my pants <laughs> <laughs> but um he established his business officially with a storefront in san francisco in 1853 um wow but he actually yeah that's you can know that you can pretty much thank most of your fashion the world yeah. <laughs> on the californian gold yeah. rush <laughs> yes yeah. yeah, soon my dream will be fully realized and if ever have my pants in all kinds of colors well, and shapes and sizes. Some will be skinty and <laughs> others will be bell bottoms. You know. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Let's also not forget that in our grandparents' generation, for a good chunk of us, blue jeans were worn by poor people. That's the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> and they would be worn by rappers and millionaires alike. Yes, exactly, <laughs> right? There's My grandmother has never worn a pair of jeans in her life because she refuses. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. she it, associates <clears throat> them with, with the it is, privilege. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's right. not... That's not high class to wear jeans. So what do, what do, so let's recap. What do we owe for the gold rush so far? Well, California. So far. In general, yes. California. Uh, Lick Observatory. Mm-hmm. Great place. Uh, Ghirardelli Chocolates. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Blue jeans. Hydraulic mining. Hydro- oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. Uh, we owe a lot. Well, I mean, more importantly, I think if we're talking about the cultural impact of this, Yes, those are the, those are all material things that we've taken from it that we can now mm-hmm. say thank you from today, right? But I think, really, w- this is responsible for for redefining what the American dream was. Yeah, right. And you were kind of saying that a couple minutes ago yeah. when you were talking about the ability to live like a king. But really, if you the original American dream was to live free from tyranny, well, what do you dream for when you have that? Not to say that our country is perfect; it's far from it. But the dream is that you can go. And make something in yourself, pull yourself up from nothing, mm-hmm. and become everything, and not be afraid of failure. Yeah. Right? Which was because you're in a new land. You're in a land where you're not bogged down by the social restrictions of where you're coming from. Right. Because in New England culture, failure was a big thing. If you, this is a cult, a, that was a culture that was largely based out of puritanical Christianity, right? So if you had failed in some way, it was because of something that you had done wrong, that you, so you were somehow being punished. There were, I mean, that was not official, but that was just the mindset. That had gone. If you had not prospered in your life, it's because you had done something to make yeah. God angry. And now you're seeing this as a, just a, an abundant land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And right? here's the, the thing, though. You know, so many of those people who failed in something or other, like James Lick, for example, who failed in several businesses before he finally hit it big. And he was one of the lucky few who actually did well in California. Many others, that very notion brought them out. And they did very, very poorly. Yeah, uh, they, they simply, left with less than they had because yeah. they invested so much in trying to find gold. But here's the thing. Many of them would say that. Many of mm-hmm. them would say, yes, I failed in actually finding that wealth and success. 
but what I've gained in my humanity is so much more. Yeah. Right. And, and so many people who did fail still stayed in California, even though they had an opportunity to leave if they well, wanted Well, it's also because they really couldn't go back. <laughs> well, no, many of them had a chance and, and some of them did. And some of them who, who did let leave and went back because it was the only home they had and it was the only way they could make money was to leave and go back. Yeah dreamed of returning to California. Many of their family members heard those dreams and moved out to California. There's yeah. also the idea of an adventure. Yeah. And even if you weren't going to make your riches, it was the Wild West, you know? And sure. and for a lot of people, there was a sense of adventure. But, um, but Brian, I mean, this is... You're right. This does change the American dream where it was work hard and eventually you will get your just desserts as opposed to go out find that awesome opportunity and get rich fast, which is kind of how it's shifted now. Yeah. And thematically, this is true for California in general. I was just going to say that. It, history you, repeats itself. If you look at the tech boom of the 90s, like... Or the app oh, no, boom no, no. of the late 2000s. Too. Yeah. Even before that, folks, 100 years later, when, when essentially the superconductor market came yeah. to the Bay Area in the 1950s, that was the next big boom. Let's all move away from yeah. the East Coast and come out to California because that's where the money is. Right. That's when the tech boom really started. Yeah. And then it exploded into the web. I was, I was speaking boom. more of like the dot com. Right. Exactly. Dot com yeah. era. Right. Where like everything like and that also kind of <laughs> right. like imploded on itself kind of like the gold rush so and it's just it's another situation of history repeating yeah. itself mm-hmm. i have another thing that we can thank the gold rush for what's that ethnic diversity ah Absolutely. we didn't say that but the moment california became a state it was already the most ethnically diverse state in the united states because yeah. of the influx mm-hmm. of like all the people that eric was talking about you know yeah so i mean that's something that i think lends itself to i don't know i mean should we just kind of say it? I mean, I do feel like Californians tend to be more tolerant of other cultures because we're surrounded by so many different cultures. Eh, depending I, on what I part of California you're in. Yeah, yeah that's I true. Wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Um, the San Francisco Bay Area would be more specific since we're talking about the gold rush. Okay. Is that fair? I, I or? guess so. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'm choosing to remain Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to judge other other locations' tolerance, especially now where we have such a global culture because of the internet and whatnot. Okay. I will well, say this. I, I, think, are, right. I think the Bay Area is very publicly... Yes, uh, aware of that yes. and, and and spouts it a lot and we maybe do. maybe a little too much yeah but and for the record that's what I'm trying to say yeah. I'm not saying we're more tolerant than everybody else no right. I'm just saying that that is what it's they're known for we're right. extremely open it's about a claim to fame yeah. yeah yeah fair enough I think we all agree on this yes, yes. listeners you agree okay. yes yes cool. I I hear thousands of so heads no hate mail <laughs> no hate mail <laughs> we don't that's have okay. another Kentucky okay. go all over again <laughs> I, I I heard the nodding. We're gonna be fine. Great. We're just gonna be fine. Okay. 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 Chill. chill. They love us. We're good. Okay. We're good. (laughs) Uh, Of course, with that though, did come a double-edged sword, because the the amount of cruelty and uh, outright genocide that was committed against certain individuals in this country as a result of the gold rush is going to be something we're going to say for our next episode. Oh, dude, what a way to end it on a cliffhanger, too. Well, I mean, we we, it's. There's a lot to talk. To There's about. a lot more yeah. to talk about yeah. in this. There is for so sure. we're definitely doing a two-parter um, where we focus a little bit more on the people. But before we jump into that, I do think we should just talk a little bit about kind of some of the mining practices, um, just so people can kind of have an idea of what the work entailed. Sure. Um, Set the scene for us, Sarah. Okay, great. So uh, in the early days, as you were saying, like gold was readily available in a lot of streams and so it was basically yeah you could use a spoon scoop it up ta-da we're done and you would pan for it yeah there's um then panning comes in where you take what effectively looks like a 
pie tin with a couple of ridges and you sift through it and you can pull out some some nuggets uh there were rockers that basically looked kind of like cradles where you could kind of flood in some water and shake it about and it would pull um it would separate the sand from the gold uh then eventually we worked in using mercury right yeah where um, you could use mercury that gold would basically kind of stick to the mercury and everything else would fall off. In fact, the new Almaden Quicksilver mine Mm -hmm. uh, right here in San Jose was the largest producing Quicksilver mine in the world. Yeah. Uh, And it came into effect in 1853. So at the height where they started changing their approach to their mining techniques and Mm -hmm. started doing things like what you're alluding to, which is the more dramatic yeah more extreme ways of extracting gold yeah. from the mm-hmm. land uh and uh it's also a lovely place to hike it has since been turned into oh, a, a county park yeah. i go there often and uh, if you're in the san jose bay area check it out they have a lot of the old mining equipment mm-hmm. and um you know many of the old mining shafts and what have you still strewn about and there's a lot of great historical information so if you're curious about these mining techniques and you live right here in the bay area that's a neat place check to just out. check out yeah yeah indeed um and then also, um, so that's, again, that is more dramatic, yes, because you had to, basically, as it was getting harder and harder to find, you had to go deeper and deeper to find it. Um, this is where hydraulic mining comes in. And this has wreaked havoc on certain areas in California because plant life can't grow over these spots anymore. Um, but basically, they would take high-pressure water hoses and blast at hillsides. Uh, to take down all this extra dirt that would then fall down to the bottom and then you would sift through that to find all the gold. And it's pretty amazing when you consider what it took to get the water Mm -hmm. to the holding tanks and then the the way that they used both the elevation and also just these large tanks that contained so much pressure with the amount of water that was in them. I mean, you could get a stream of water that could shoot a quarter of a mile. Right. I mean, that's the kind of power these things had. Uh, And they were highly destructive Mm -hmm. to the point where you had, you know, nearby towns and villages uh, where these levees were built to, to hold back the runoff water. If one of those levees broke, and many times they ended up doing so because of also, you know, annual yeah. rainfall, what have you, filling them up, whole whole towns and cities could be destroyed and flooded. Yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, it was wreaking havoc for um, for the native tribes that were there mm-hmm. because oh, they, yeah. they, I mean, all this extra silt and all these toxins that were being generated from this mining were killing the plant life, killing animal life. Killing the fish, too. Like, everything downstream. Oh, yeah. So, um, pretty unfortunate in that regard, that's for sure. But you know what it did lead to? What? America's very first um, environmental law. Okay, there Passed you go. in 1882 that stopped the hydraulic mining mm-hmm. uh, in the areas around Marysville, California. And that, that essentially changed that whole way of thinking in regards to that mm-hmm. more invasive and destructive mining in California. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention something interesting because, yes, they were sifting through and doing panning to try to get gold dust and other mm-hmm. fragments from the river, but they realized there must have been gold in the center, deep underwater in the river as well. So they ended up building these large, what looked like giant squares right mm-hmm. in the middle of rivers, cu- diverting and then cutting off the water and mining literally right in the middle of the river. Yeah. I mean, they went to such extent to get to the gold where they thought it was most accessible. Uh, it was it, some of the pictures from that time period are really just they're just bizarre seeing people working with rushing water on either side of them surrounded and knowing at any moment that that could easily break just and flood and kill in. Them yeah all. right <laughs> really kind of scary stuff yeah cool mm-hmm. well I guess we'll save the rest of it for the next episode yeah 
Yeah, because we've talked a lot about how there have been positive impacts from the California gold rush. But what we haven't talked about is there's lots of negatives that came with it, too. And yeah. I think and those are the things that we don't necessarily hear about in the social studies classes that we were all required to take because it's California and we're required to know California history. So I think we need to devote the next part of this story to understanding what was the cost for all this fame and fortune that yeah. California had. Or, and what was happening just with the people, the more sure. human aspect of, of all this. Yeah, Exactly. There was also some rather interesting innovation that came from the time period, and I've got a, a few uh, nuggets, if you will. Huh. That we'll share for next later. time, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Cool, so then let's get into some listener feedback. This week in listener feedback. I always have to do this when I do that voice. I don't know why. It's part of the routine. It's I, well, the it's act. the same reason why when I do Estelle, I have to have a fake cigarette. Ah, that's right. <laughs> um, we've gotten a lot of feedback in the last month. So we're going to split it up between uh, this episode and the next episode. First of all, we want to thank uh, Stephen for giving us a donation. We got a, a donation today, actually. Hey, for, thanks, thank pal. You. So much appreciated for that. Um we also got a feedback from Ruth. Ruth, and she uh, was quick. She said, uh, "I hi guys, I discovered Nerds on History this time last year, and this week I got caught up. No more NOH on tap for me. I just want to say thanks for a great year. I like the variety of topics. My favorite would be the coming of age rituals. Uh, my kids are getting confirmed. Love that. Uh, she loved that. <laughs> um, I listened to that one driving home from work. Uh, which was 1,100 kilometers away the week I couldn't fly uh, from Seduna to Wadena. And I, I work eight days on and six days off in a remote mine site in South Australia. How, how, how appropriate. How yeah. we're talking about mining. <laughs> yeah. And your podcast, among others, helps me get through the non-work time alone on site. That's awesome. Yeah, she did have one piece of criticism that our uh, coal opens came off as a bit shouty, and that was a little alarming to her. It was probably just some... We had the gain too high up on our mics at the time, so we yeah, are we sure Shouty is referring to 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 the volume, or is yeah. this is this Australian lingo for something? No, it's volume. You guys, okay. you guys have had opens where you're yeah. really loud. Um, I, got blame, some I blame Brian. Yeah, <laughs> mostly Brian. Shut up. <laughs> uh, we also got some feedback from Josh. Josh is one of our newer listeners. Uh, again, this is our other Kentuckian uh, that who has been listening. Uh, he wanted to say he loved our episode. I like my uh, Christmas extra crispy. Wanted to also add, by the way, fun fact, Colonel Sanders also put together a Christmas album. Oh. What? Yeah. The Colonel? The Colonel. Um, he did also want to say thanks for reading his feedback. Uh, he loves the podcasts. Uh, he does not take offense to any of the comments about Kentucky. Great. Uh, he lives, <laughs> Sarah yeah. likes to hear that. <laughs> uh, he lives close to the birthplace of KFC in Corbin, Kentucky. Nice. And uh, it's got a small museum there, apparently. It's pretty cool. Uh, he says thanks again for all the hard work. Josh, we... Thank we you like for you. listening. Yeah. yeah, thank you. You know what? I love so Kentucky. You got yeah. chicken, right? Chicken's fantastic. Moonshine. You got you got you got liquor, right? <laughs> you got you got uh bluegrass. Yep. Right? And a derby. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got yourself a lovely afternoon every afternoon in Kentucky. The Kentucky Derby's the horse racing thing, right? I think so. Maybe it's a hat. I'm not quite sure. No, I don't like horse racing. So anyway. <laughs> There you have it. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple more comments, but we'll save those for our next episode. Oh, Great. very good. So uh, 
In the meantime, while you guys are waiting for the next part of this enchanting story about California and America's history, what can you do while you're waiting for the next episode, guys? Uh, you could order out something to eat. Sarah's making obscene gestures. <laughs> make an obscene gesture. Um, you could watch something on tele... Wait, are you referring to our website? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that. God. Okay, I, go to the website and do one of these few things. Send us listener feedback. We like that. Donate. We like that a lot. Click on one of our banners and uh, give us money by subscribing to Audible's free trial or buying something on Amazon. You have no idea how much we love that. Go read some backlog of our now defunct blog. There's some good stuff in there. Or buy a t-shirt. We got some cool t-shirts. Yeah. There's or, stuff there. Or listen to our backlog of over 100 episodes of content per podcast. Yep. And if you really like us, tell other people about us. No, that's important. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Get other people listening. So. That's good. Cool. Do Give that. us reviews on iTunes and all that other good stuff. Sure. If you do want to take part in our Audible trial, by the way, and you only have a mobile device... Uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash nerdonomy to take part in that free trial, and we'll get a little commission on top of that. You know what? That deserves a a more than general huzzah. Huzzah. That, that deserves a... Uh, that Levi... deserves a eureka! I don't know. No. Oh, that's pretty good. I was going to say a Levi Strauss huzzah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's a Levi Strauss huzzah? Huzzah! <laughs> How do you like my pants? <laughs> oh, God. Great. Right. Okay. Well, and on that note... I thought mine was better, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not a competition, guys. Well, it's it didn't have huzzah in it. It was just Eureka. And it makes sense. Well, Because it's the California gold rush we're talking about, Eric. And we also talked about But it Levi says Strauss. I discovered it. Tangentially. Not, I, Eureka's I discovered it, not yay. <laughs> so. They discovered Nerdonomy. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm just. I'm not going to argue. Let's wrap this. it up. Let's wrap That's it up. It up. Okay. <laughs> Folks, it is that time. So, until we meet again, same nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode, same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye! Goodbye! You know, and it didn't just stop there, right? I mean, I, I essentially, I, I was passing this church... And while I was there, I decided I would just, I would get down on my knees and I would pray. And, you know, this preacher, he walks out and he's like, hey, you know, it's cold. Are you going to stay? Because again, you know, it was, it was a, a such, such a winter's day. I mean, it was, it was really bad. Um, and yes, again, the leaves are brown and, and the sky was gray. Um, and, you know, I just, I had to tell somebody mm-hmm. um, that I, I just, I couldn't leave. And it was, it, you know what the weird thing is? My mother and my father had this exact same dream in 1965. Eric, shut up. Yeah. Joke's over. Guys are no fun. <laughs> I'm tired of this crap. <laughs> Leaving. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>